Wasn't that a good special? I was glad that we put it on the calendar that way to sing that special. And uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jason and, and uh, Danny and Timey. And what a great worship we had this morning. There's something about worship in Jesus that is liberating. And uh, we need to learn how to worship again. And it starts from the pulpit. We need to start worshiping again. And um, it was pointed out to me that um, uh, the other day by one of our members, uh, boy, Pastor, you're so loving. Um, I cannot believe some of the things you put up with. And I thought about that, and I said, you know what, maybe my expectations need to change. And I don't think it's wrong to expect us to be reverent in God's house and show that worship to the Lord. and, And I don't think it's wrong for the worship team to expect people actually to participate and enter in. But I do love you folks. And so today I'm going to be talking about living by the word of God. Living by the word of God. Now I go to camp meeting in some of our other churches and I wish I could take, bottle up some of that and bring it home. And uh, it is so good. And, and I can't wait to hear the results of uh, yesterday's uh, boys and girls um, retreat. I can't wait to hear the results of that. In the future, we will be participating in those things. I think, um, I think it's important that we show um, our region, our other churches, that we support them and that we are in this thing together. And so um, I just praise the Lord. And plus, we have an awesome, right now, we have an awesome um, youth and discipleship director and um, while we have him, boy, we should get in on the things that, I mean, he came here. He could have gone anywhere in the country. And he came here on staff at another church first. And then he took the time to study to show himself approved. And then we recognized what the work he put in. And uh, we put him into the great Dickinson church. And uh, he has just done an outstanding job there. And then I jumped up and down when I heard that the overseer then um, recognized his abilities and made him our youth and uh, CE director. And uh, I'm really pleased with what um, is happening in our youth department in the North Central region. I, I, I just have to say that. And so praise God. But let's get into Matthew 5, 17 through 20, living by the word of God. And this led me to this question. Are you self-righteous or does your righteousness come from Jesus? That question came to me as I was studying this. Are you self-righteous or does your righteousness come from Jesus? Jesus, and that's something we're going to look at today. Have you crucified the flesh, or are you living in it? I'm going to turn over to Galatians. I want to read Galatians 2.20, 
And um, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. You know, as the foundation of all of our victory, it's found in that we are crucified with Christ. You know, when we got saved, what he did on the cross became what cleansed us. Paul here takes us back to Romans 6, 3 through 5. And if you remember, when I bapt, if I baptized any of you, I took you through Romans chapter 6, and I showed you how spiritually water baptism is a reflection of what Christ did for us on the cross. But have we crucified our flesh? Have we taken our flesh there and said, Lord, I lay down my flesh there at the cross? And yet Paul goes on, nevertheless, I live. You know, that's a good thing because we have a new life in Christ. That's what he's saying. Nevertheless, I have a new life in Christ Jesus. I'm not doing, um, yet not I, not by my own strength, not by my own ability, but Christ lives in me by virtue of me dying with him on the cross and being raised with him in the newness of life. And the life which I now live in the flesh, that's my daily walk before God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's, the cro that's is where the cross is ever the object of my faith, who loved me and gave himself for me, which is the only way I could have been saved. Now think about that. And you know what Paul goes on to say? It's my reasonable service that I do this. But I think we as the church have forgotten this that we need to lay down our flesh, the, the things that we carry, all the weight of the world, we carry these things. We have forgotten, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I lived. I didn't have to be nailed to that cross. Jesus did the work for me, so I didn't have to. He took my place so that I didn't have to die. He took my punishment that I deserved so that I could live. You know, if that became real in our life again, we would have that fear and reverence of God. We need to make sure it is our desire to live by the Word of God. And that we are not self-righteous, just living for ourselves. But we live for Christ and others because Jesus made us righteous. Can we say amen? Lord, I thank you for this message today, and I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's here today. Lord, speak to our hearts. Become real in us. Help us to put away self-righteousness. Because, Lord, in this passage we're going to read, we're going to see that you challenge us. And so, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your anointing and your touch and your, that, Lord, that you are ready to do a work in our lives. We love you, Jesus, and thank you that you died for us so that we could live with you eternally. We praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 What you've got to see is that Jesus came to fulfill Jesus came to fulfill.
And, and I stop there right there because we don't understand what Jesus came to do sometimes. But he came to fulfill. Let's look at verse 17 of Matthew 15. He says, Neither do... I'm sorry. Chapter 5, verse 17. I went back to last week's sermon. Um, that was a good sermon last week. Think not that I have come to destroy the law. Now this is what we're talking about this. This is the law of Moses. I did not come to destroy the law. Or the prophets. That's the predictions of the prophets of the Old Testament. In other words, I haven't just come to destroy the Old Testament. Okay? The word found there. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus fulfilled the law by meeting its just demands with a perfect life and satisfies the curse by dying on the cross. Okay? That's what Jesus is talking about there. I came not to destroy it, but to fulfill it. All of it. Okay? Paul said in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Okay? So he took our place. He became that for us. Are you seeing the picture there? And some of you are going, Pastor, uh, um, I understand this, but some of us don't get it because we're not living like it. If we, if we truly understood what Jesus did for us on the cross and in the resurrection, we would live like it. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you, you know what that's saying? That's proclaiming the ultimate authority because Jesus has the ultimate authority. This is Jesus' words. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, means to be changed or pass from one condition to another, which will take place in the coming perfect age. I'm not going to go over to Revelations to read about that today. One jot, you know what a jot is? Most people don't know what a jot is. The jot is the smallest, it is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Not one jot, and then he says, or one tittle. Now you know what a tittle is? It's the smallest, just tiny little flare. It's just a tiny little stroke of the pen. It, it shows where the emphasis of, because in Hebrew there is no vowels, so it shows where the emphasis is supposed to be put on those letters so that you pronounce it right. So not one of the smallest letters or just one little tiny stroke of the pen shall in no wise pass from the law till all is, till all be fulfilled. The law was meant to be fulfilled in Christ and was in fact totally fulfilled in his life and death 
and resurrection with a new testament or a new covenant being brought about are you seeing that my question is will you allow jesus to fulfill his word? here's why i said jesus came to fulfill because i'm going to ask you a question will you allow jesus to fulfill his work in you in your life if he can come and fulfill all of the Old Testament, this is why we don't go to the temple and sacrifice animals. We don't have to do that anymore. This is why we don't celebrate the Passover anymore, because we don't have to do that anymore. It's fun to do, but you don't have to do it anymore, because Jesus was the Passover lamb. Jesus fulfilled all that because his blood was shed. Are you understanding? Jesus says, I have given you a new covenant that is in my blood, not the old covenant, which was in a lamb's blood, but it's in my blood, the Lamb of God. Are you seeing that? Will you allow God to fulfill his work in you? And, and part of it, and I'm, and I'm not picking on people who Get, who enjoy that. We, we love Rabbi Khan. And, and when he does the Passover, he's actually celebrating communion. Um, and and, and we, we, we love him. And we love others. We're, and I'm not, picking, I, I'm not worried about what they do. But what I'm saying is, are we allowing Jesus to fulfill his word, his work in our lives? Do you understand who the word is? It's Jesus. The word is Jesus. And the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now when we have, because we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we ask him into our heart, where is the word supposed to dwell? Within us. If he can fulfill all the Old Testament and all of its requirements, can he not fulfill his life in you? I, I thought it was an interesting statement. Um, I, I love reading the last article in the Evangel. It's always a history lesson because you know I like history. And, and one of our um, um, missionaries, he was really a teacher instead of a preacher, but one of our missionaries who spent years in Latin America and in Haiti, um, God called him there and it took him a while to get to go. And his wife didn't want to go there. She didn't want to go there. She didn't want to get, do it. She allowed fear to get in the way of her husband's calling. She didn't want to do it. Because um, I, I don't want to learn a foreign language. I don't want to have to put up with what happens in third world countries. I don't want to be doing these kind of things. And, and, and really, most of you here, um, you're not missionaries because um, you like it, when you go to the light switch and turn them on and off, and you like being able to run to the store, and you like having clean water. Yeah, that, that's just a reality of being blessed living here. 
And she, and you got to understand, this is back in the 50s and 60s when God's going to move them on to the mission. And she said, oh, no. And then she says, God got on her case. She, she felt so ashamed. She says, one of the, somebody at church came up to her, laid hands upon her, gave a message in tongues and interpretation, and, and God it was right to her heart. God took her to task, and she said, all right, Lord, I will surrender whatever you want. It's a really good article. It's our last evangel we're going to give for a while until our finances get better here at the church. And, and, and uh, she says, unless you want to go, you can just call Pathway and get your own subscription for a whole year um, and then have it delivered to your house. But um, she... Uh, she surrendered. She says she let the Lord chastise her. She surrendered. She says, Lord, I will not have this fear. Wherever you want to take us, I will go. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm going to be completely happy, but I'm going to go. And you know what? She found such great joy in serving the Lord overseas that they spent years in Latin America and most of the time was in Haiti. And if you know about anything about Haiti, Haiti is one of the poorest countries of the world. But those people, when they went, retired, finally retired, those people, they celebrated her husband and her ministry all those years amongst them. And now they're, now they're living in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and um, they're part of a missions club. And so um, it's kind of an exciting thing. But you know what? Fear can keep us from do, following the call of God. I, I don't want to give up my comfort. Well, my word. I was thinking about this as I was, of all the things that I've gone without over the years. And you know what? I haven't missed it. I, I, I tried to think about all the things that I've gone without, and, and it turns out, I, you know what? I really um, don't miss it. Because God's always taken care of me and helped me raise my kids and took care of all those financial needs. And, and, and it's like, wait a second. If, not, if, God, if Jesus is so concerned that not one jot or tittle will pass away and he takes care of those things, how much more is he going to take care of me? Can I have an Amen. And Jesus says, till all is fulfilled. You know, if we allow him to fulfill his word, see, this is why we get his word into us. This is why we live by the word, because he is the word, and we live by him. Somebody said, I like to celebrate Jesus. Well, celebrate Jesus by allowing him to fulfill his word in you. And he says, till all is fulfilled, he said here. You know what I'm talking about? That points to the second coming. That comes to, that's talking about till all is fulfilled when I recreate the heavens and the earth. When I, when I make this place spanking brand new, till it's all fulfilled, every word is fulfilled. Uh, and you know what? If he, can, if he has the whole universe in control, how about letting him have control in your life? Remember, Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. And let me say, say this, if Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, let us live by the new covenant, which is found in him and in his blood.
This is right in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The Bible needs to be central to what we teach and preach. Verse 19. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and teach men to so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. One commentary said this about this verse. Those who are disloyal to the authority of the word of God shall be judged. He shall be called the least, means that he will not be in the kingdom at all. Um, if that's the case, that's ouch. You know, that's an ouch moment. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of weird stuff taught over the years. Hasn't there on TV? Oh my word, there's been a lot of weird stuff taught. I mean, just recently there's been some weird stuff, and I'm not going to go into it this morning, but we had a prominent preacher that people just love because they just love his hair. Oh, and, and he's come up with some cr wacko, wild thing that the Bible doesn't teach. And it's like, oh Lord, get a hold of him. And then we just had a prominent minister of the gospel um, wonderfully repent of something he had been teaching for years, and I rejoiced with him because he repented of what he was teaching that was wrong. And, but haven't we had weird stuff? I mean, we've had, people, we've had people get up on television saying, God wants to make you rich. So I'm telling you how, what you should do today. I want you to sow $1,000 this morning, and God will pay off your mortgage. Now, I would think that's awesome. Can you please show me the chapter and verse? Show me the chapter and verse and I'm getting out my checkbook. Right? If you can show me right in the Word of God. Well, well John 3 says the Lord wants to prosper you. That does not say if I give you $1,000, God's going to pay off my mortgage. I wish it worked that way. I'd be writing out a $1,000 check right now. And just to go ahead and get extra blessed, I'll make it out for 2000 <laughs> My wife is saying, no, you won't. <laughs> she said, you didn't show it to me in the Word. And this, prom this prominent preacher apologized for preaching that kind of stuff. And he, says, I, and he says, I'm going to be careful here. I'm not going to say too much more because I don't want to hurt my friends. You see, we, we, we need to respond with love. This is, why I don't, this is why I don't mention preachers' names from the pulpit hardly ever unless it really needs to be. Because you know what? God will take care of their heart. It's, I've been praying for this guy for years. I mean, this guy taught some things that were... Anyway, and, and the thing I've always been impressed with, when he finds that the Lord speaks to him, that you've been wrong, he always repents and he makes things right. Today, there are those in our, in our own community here, Breckenridge, Wapenden. There are those who, who deny some of the commandments. Jesus says, if you deny the least of these, 
And we got some people who are denying it who say parts of the Word of God is not inspired or true. I had a grandma who told me this, that their grandchild came home from confirmation. And she said, what did you learn in confirmation? And that's what she was taught, that not all the Bible is inspired. And parts of it's not true and parts of it is. So, okay, um, the person who's teaching that, can you show me which parts are? No, the problem is it's only the parts that they agree with. You know what? There's a lot of things in here. The Bible goes ahead and tells me, you better not do this and better not do that. But you know what? I might not like it, but I'm going to say, okay, Lord, if that's what you say, I better not do it then. My word. Can you imagine running your household that way? Oh, my word. Uh, Jason and I would... Uh, um, boy, I'd be looking like Jason, and Jason have no hair <laughs> if he ran his house that way. You know, with no rules. No, this is, you know, and our wives would not be happy with us, would they? Oh, my word, letting the inmates run into the asylum. Oh, my word, you know what, I'm, I'm just joking about that. The kid, it's not, our homes are not asylums and our kids. I know there's people out there today that don't have a sense of humor, so I better be careful. <laughs> oh, praise God. No, if we, if we have rules for our kids, why is it wrong to think that God has rules for us? I mean, he's our heavenly father. That's what the Bible teaches. When we accept Jesus into our hearts, he, uh, God the Father adopts us and he's our heavenly father. So why shouldn't we live by his rules and by his precepts? Why shouldn't we allow Jesus to fulfill his word in our lives? And that's why... The Bible needs to be central to what we teach and preach. We should all be students of the Word of God. Paul goes on to say this, study to show yourselves approved. A workman needing not to be ashamed. That's why we have two different adult classes going on on Sunday school, on Sunday morning. And it's a good thing, because what we're trying to do is catch people up so if they're in the other Sunday school class, they know what's being talked about. You know, I wouldn't expect a first grader to go into high school and do high school work. Would you? My word. I, Bodie might be smart, but he's not wanting to go into that environment and go into high school and all of a sudden have trig thrown at him. And here, go ahead and answer this. He'd be going saying A, B, C. No, no, that's not right. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's not X equal Y plus C. What are you talking about? It's the same with us. That's why we become disciples of the Word of God. And the cool thing is we're all at different levels with God. And he's training all of us and he's teaching all of us by his Word. And we're all growing at our own rate. Some of us faster than others. Man, I've known, I, knew, I knew a person who was 30, had been saved for 30 years, and they were still a kid. And, I mean, they were still, um, because they never did the rudimentary things of the Word of God, they were still at the first steps. They were still crawling. 
And I've had people who've been saved for maybe six months and they're so matured in Christ because they've gotten into prayer. They've gotten into the Word. They've gotten into letting Jesus work in their lives. We should be the latter person. We should be wanting and craving God. And this is all good stuff. But here's where the rubber meets the road for Jesus this morning. It's in true righteousness. True righteousness. Matthew 5.20. Matthew 5.20. He says this, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. What kind of righteousness did they have? They had self-righteousness. Didn't they? They had self-righteousness. Oh, I've kept the law. I'm a son of Abraham. Jesus says, you know what? I could take about all these stones here and make them into the children of Abraham just as easily as you claim that you're children of Abraham. Because it was based on their self-righteousness. I've kept all the law. Well, nobody's ever kept the whole law. That's why they had to go do sacrifices. If you could keep the whole law without ever sinning, you could get into heaven. Nobody's been able to do it. That's why Jesus had to come. God gave us the challenge. Here's the law. Here's all the, not just the ten, the top ten. Here's all the law. Here's all the sacrifices. Here's all the duties. Here's all the things. If you can keep all of it without ever sinning, even when you stub your toe, you can get into heaven. And nobody, not King David, I mean, come on, King David, he's walking around the top of the palace one day, looks over the edge and and sees a pretty girl taking a bath. And we know how that got him in trouble. Today he'd be be online going through and typing in a a website, web search, and all of a sudden a pretty girl picks up on his page. What's different? Right? My word. Even Esther had to be reminded that she was born for the day she was born into. Because she let fear get a hold of her heart. And her uncle who raised her had to remind her. All The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why we needed Jesus. So Jesus came. And he died for us. And it's not, we don't get saved by our own works. We get saved because of Jesus' work. Let's go on with the verse. Uh, So, it except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The absolute necessity of the new birth is declared here as imperative as in every case we need to come by way of the cross come by way of Jesus to get into heaven. True righteousness only comes by the way of the cross. 
True righteousness, it only comes into your life when God the Father declares you are righteous when you accept Jesus into your heart. Your works will never make you righteous. Your works will never make you, as we learned last week. Hmm. Our works will never create the right kind of faith, but our faith will create the right kind of works. Faith without works is this. You see the order there? Faith. Our righteousness is not because of what we do. we got too many people in our town that think they're going to get into heaven because they're good guys. Well, I've done enough. I mean, we got people... In the church. I'm not talking about the Buddhists or the Hindu. I'm not talking about them. We have people in the church today who thinks if they're, the good that they do outweighs the bad that they do, that God will just let them into heaven. All of our, all of our things that we do are like filthy rags before the Lord if we don't have Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. It's Jesus' righteousness. It's Jesus' work that we, we accept. Oh, Jesus, thank you. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, Jesus, none of us could be saved. Lord, if it wasn't for you, Jesus, and believing, the Bible's very clear. We believe, do, do we, oh my word. I, I was with a patient who was dying in hospice. And he couldn't get a hold of the priest. And I got a hold of his priest, and he was coming. But he was troubled. And I said, can we pray together? And he said, yes. I said, let's pray together. And I just, we just went to Rome. I just prayed Romans chapter 9 with him. And we went through, and I said, as we were praying, I said, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? He said, yes. And I, we prayed some more. Do you believe that, Jesus, that God raised him from the dead? He goes, yes. If you confess to Jesus and believe in your heart. Hmm? Isn't that what it says? It goes on to say, all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I did not go there saying, I didn't touch his Catholicism. I, could, I, didn't, I wasn't worried about his, I was worried about the peace that he didn't have. I was worried about his soul. I was concerned for him. So we prayed through Romans there. When we got done, all his burdens had lifted. You know what happened? He became born again. His priest finally arrived, and it was wonderful. His father finally came. It was so wonderful that he got, was able to be there. He was at a family event, and he was with family, so he came in his hoodie, and he was in his jeans, and that was just fine. He came to meet with one of his, his flock, and that was great. And you know what the man said? He says, oh, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> he says, that was the best confession I ever had. <laughs> well, <laughs> He didn't confess to me. He just, we just talked to Jesus. And you know what? I, I looked at him and I wasn't worried about his Catholicism. I wasn't worried about, I, I looked at, and all I cared about was that 
You know, he, he was not going to have long. The next day he passed away he, he, because, you know, he's in hospice. And, and, and yet he and I and his priest, his pastor, had a good time together. And then his, his priest was able to do what his priest does and everything was fine because I said to him, remember, I'm not your, not your pastor, he is. And so, um, but what we did was very important. Because I know that one day I'm going to see him in heaven. And you know what? That was the first time that the father knew my first name. Oh, I, I, I won't go into it too much, but he's old school Roman. The father was old school Roman. And I'm a Protestant, so, you know, it's because he's old school Roman. And so he would always act like he could never remember my name. But you know what? From then on, he always knew my name. And I thought we had, and I thought, you and I, because I always liked him, you and I finally had a breakthrough here. We, this is awesome. And you know, he's another person I had been praying for a long time, and I still continue to pray for him. Because God can do things great. But the greatest thing that we can do, it's not about religion, folks. It's not about religion. It's about relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we, have a, we have a wonderful man who comes to AA here, and he says, I'm not into religion. I says, neither are we. We're into, it's all about relationship. Do you have a relationship with Jesus or not? It's not about our good works. It's about his work. And are we allowing him to do it in our lives? And then because we have faith in him, we, we do those good works for him. Mm. Just go to the last slide. You know what? I'm just going to give a challenge to you all. Just obey the word of God. Just obey the word of God and live for Jesus. <laughs> Have reverence for him. Love him. Obey him. Do what this book says to do. Let's really be the church. And I think you don't, some of you don't understand. To be the church means somebody said to me oh pastor the church is the people uh, you don't get it it's not it's not the building it's not the people that goes back to self-righteousness the church is the body of christ and the people make up the body of christ so who should we be like if we're the body of Christ, who should we be like? Christ. If we're the body of Christ, who should we reverence? Christ. If we're the body of Christ, what should Wapiton and Breckenridge see out of us? Christ. Timey loves evangelizing. Timey, you said you've been running into roadblock. I asked the Lord about that. It's time to change tactics. <laughs> not, not what you're doing, Timey, just tactics. 
it's time to use the different bait. Maybe it's time to get a different fly on there. Why? Because, you know what? All you're trying to do is be, I'm part of the body of Christ, and I want you to join us and be part of the body of Christ too. I want you to know my Jesus. Somebody accused her of soliciting the other day. I'm not, I can hear Timey going, I'm not soliciting. Why do you think I made her Alice's, oh, no, you folks don't come on Wednesday night. <sighs> Timey is now Alice's foster. Her, her and uh, Alice are foster kids together. And uh, um, there's a reason why I did that, because um, the kids just love Alice. And so um, Alice is uh, one of our main puppets that we have in the church, and the kids have fallen in love with Alice over the years, and Alice gives a lot of joy to adults in church because, you know, she reflects us so well. And, uh, and she's such a baby Christian, and you just sometimes want to say, Alice, you don't, no, no. The, the Word of God says that she's just perfect because for everybody who's young in Christ, um, she just reflects on who that is. Plus, Jason loves playing with Alice because she's so like Miss Piggy. It's uh, so funny. And so it just lends to him being able to do these zingers. Anyway. <laughs> but I think sometimes all we have to do is change tactics. Paul says, I'm all things to all men that I may win a few. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. And Jesus became all things to all men because he took upon all of our sins, all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases upon him when he died on the cross. Will we obey the word of God and live for Jesus? Will we stop trying so hard and let Jesus fulfill his word in us and his work until all is fulfilled in our life that he has for us? Oh, let us live for him. For he lived for us. And more than that, he died for us. And more than that, he rose again. So that we can live with him for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your work on the cross. And Lord, I didn't even bring out one of the cool things. is The work that you did on the cross is also for our healing. And Lord, we got people here who need healing. My word we got torn ligaments and, 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 and hurting backs, and we got uh, um, people who've got cancer, and we've got, oh, I mean, all sorts of stuff that need to be healed, Lord Jesus, and it's all, you did it all on the cross for us. If we just have faith to believe, oh, Lord, help us to have faith to believe, Lord. Hallelujah. I'd rather have you do surgery on me than anybody. Because, Lord, you know exactly how you stitched me together. And, Lord, that, I don't even have to go have myself cut open. Because you are so marvelous when you heal. And so, Lord, fulfill your work in us, I pray. Have your way in our lives, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Um, Karen, I need you to pull up a song. We're going to sing a closing song. Hopefully you taught them how to do that. Um,